and I was talking to a friend about this too, now more than ever, like marketing and just like working on standing out and finding innovative ways to like newer ways to like have turn people's heads and make them say, oh, it's not just a song, but like, oh shit, what are these guys doing? Or, oh, what is this kind of situation is what's going to make people turn their head and say, this is worth checking out. Chelsea, I don't know how to say your last name. Is it Cor- is it Coronin? <laughs> Coronin. It's Italian. Um, okay. Coronin. It's very typical Coronin. of the Northeast. Got you. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. We're, <laughs> we're sorry. Everything is. We just sound it out out here, and they, we, you know, our Midwest accent takes it from there. It, it's all good. I get it misspelled <laughs> and mispronounced so many times. You have no idea. It's all good. Uh, so what's going on? I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I know you're out there on the on the West Coast, uh, but I mean, how are you guys dealing with, you know, how's your state doing with uh, the COVID and everything? I actually haven't talked to anyone in California, so I've only seen what I see on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it, it isn't great. I don't think anything really at, at country level at this point is. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, it, we're I guess we're somewhat making do. We were from from what I've seen. So, like my knowledge of like how the rest of the country has handle this is not as like probably deeply rooted as it should be um but i was one of the people that saw firsthand how you know european countries handled it my my whole family my whole life before college is back at home in italy so you know i had updates i had you know daily and they got updates slammed yes, yeah italy they got did. like um bull. i get calls from like one of my grandmas and she's like yeah you know we've had like you'd see people take them like trucks taking like all the dead people away because you couldn't have funerals because it was like a hardcore quarantine like they would find you or ticket you and stuff like that so so i know a lot of how they handled it because again i even if i didn't want to really i'd have updates on a daily basis because my whole family's there and grandparents are grandparents you know what i mean like they're they're not 20 anymore so i was like first in line making sure they were okay for here what i know is mainly you know online and then I've seen how California handled it. I've seen a little bit of how or- um, Oregon did as well, because I was out of state when it hit, and I thought. Oh well, yeah, be- the north, the northwest was like ground zero, dude. I mean, you're, I think you remember like Seattle. I got, remember Seattle. Got it first. I had a friend that was. In, I have a friend that lives in Seattle, and she was trying to keep you know keep me updated. And then we were in Portland. Um, my girlfriend and I were in Portland when it kind of hit and we really, really thought that we'd get stuck there, you know, cause we didn't know at the time how it would hand, be handled or, you know, road closures, maybe no travel in between States. We had no idea at the time. This was like March 20th. So it was right in the beginning of when things started going down. Um, and eventually we made it back home a few days later. So that was fine here. We were one of the first ones to start taking the steps to shut everything down. Like we put a shelter, shelter at home, Oh, shelter in place, safer at home. Um, And we kicked it in, like, I think officially, like, even the store I usually work at, it closed on March 19th. So 
as of that day, we were close to the public, like with everything else in L.A. County. So we started pretty decent. We started reopening shortly after Memorial Day, I'd like to say, or, you know, a couple weeks after, more or less. Um, and that's when also the, the protests started here in L.A. as well. And, you know, oh as God, you've seen yeah. the news, that uh, also yeah. made the rounds. So I think the timing was awful, probably because of all the things that happened all at the same time. So now numbers are going back up again. Um, places haven't closed back yet, but we are dialing back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Restaurant cannot offer dine-in anymore. Um, or better yet, they can if it's out in the open. So you can still go out and eat, but it's uh, going to be in an open space. No gotcha. indoor indoor dining, basically. Sure. Um, beaches were closed for the 4th of July. Hiking trails, all that stuff was closed for the weekend of the 4th. So we, we've taken some precautions, and it's going to be in place for the next three weeks, starting... Um, I believe the first or the second. So we'll see halfway through the month or towards the end of the month how 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 everything is keeping up, I guess. I mass are here and another a lot of other states are now mandatory requirements, like at state level. Doesn't matter. Uh people will do what people wanna do. So yep. we're, <laughs> so overall we're handling it. I think the 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 best way we know how really without just going from you know zero to a hundred and saying all right shut everything down tomorrow, um, I think we're just I, I would assume they're doing what they can and what they know without taking too drastic measures. We'll see how it develops. Really, that's that's all I got. Well, how's I mean how's famine doing with all this? I mean I know you're still you're still working with bands and I saw you just you guys just picked up uh, Dream Eater. Actually, mm-hmm. funny story. Uh, so uh, I know. Uh, I don't know when you signed them, but Blue Eyed Giants, uh, they actually, ironically enough, put out their music video, uh, I believe it was Wide Awake, and they put it out on, oh, that's right, they put it out on BBT uh, the same day that we put our video on BBT. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jujo, I, saw I thought that. that was hilarious. I saw uh, that, that too, yeah, 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 I saw that too, and I was like, oh, look at them. Um, but I mean, how, <laughs> how, yeah, how are you guys doing? Like, how are you dealing with this? How are your bands doing? Like, fuck, man. I, I mean, it's. I think we were lucky from a pers- from a certain perspective. Back in 2017, we started picking up a um, bit of a following as far as far as um, Spotify and Apple Music go. Not you know, not enough to like say we're a big hitter whatsoever, but enough to say that like 70 uh, percent of our income at that point, back in 2017, uh, was through streaming services of any kind, be it Amazon, be it Spotify, be it Apple music, whatever. Um, yeah. and it kind of carried over. Um, and we've learned to hone in on that. So instead of, you know, kind of like seeing the wave and just writing it while we could, we, we try to keep it going, so to speak. Um, and we try to, you know, that was a good foot in the door. Instead of just like being content with what we got, we try to keep digging and see what else we could do, what else we could achieve, what else we could develop that is like heavily tied to the streaming world. Cause at this point, that's when, all it is. When we that's started, all you got, that's- exactly. Like when we started out, I had a really hard time trying to figure out ways for you know to. And I mean, and I started from nothing, so maybe some of the stuff that I fi- that I had to figure out was like duh to somebody else. But for mm-hmm. me, coming from a different country and somewhere else I never worked in, in a language that is not even my first language, so legal terms are completely unknown to me. Um, I had to do a lot of groundwork, and one of the things that I personally struggled with was. Um, finding ways to make sure people would purchase the music sure you'll give it a spin on youtube that's great but a spin on youtube gives me virtually nothing if you buy the song and then a hundred more people buy the song that's a little bit more revenue so right when we eventually got a foot in the door with spotify and subsequently apple amazon and whatever um 
it was probably the niche that we were looking for. We were not focused as heavily on sales and touring and merchandising, but we do push a whole lot the streaming aspect and the social media aspect of things for us. So when the whole backlash hit, luckily enough, 70% of our revenue is still streaming. It has decreased a little bit. Uh, I have seen numbers fluctuate much more than they used to. Um, but overall, it stayed steady enough where we can still profit off of, you know, we still have an income and we're still self-sufficient. So, you know, whatever we make, we can reinvest it into the next band, the next video, the next, you name it, basically. Yeah. And we can keep carrying on. So we don't have as much margin as we used to. Towards the end of last year, earlier this year, before it all hit, we had a bigger margin. As of right now, we're pretty much there. We're, we're basically in the green. It's kind of like we, we make 100 bucks and we spend 95 So we're barely there. But it's just about enough to carry us through the year, most likely, and into the next. I literally started planning yesterday for um, the first quarter of 2021. So, and, you know, I, I did all the budgeting. And I eventually ended up doing budgeting until September 2021 because I, I was like, all right, I'm in the zone. That might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. And, I mean... All the income that we have coming in is literally carrying us to September 2021. So I may not. You're set. You, know, you got everything pretty we, much figured we out. We may not be getting rich. Don't get me wrong. But it's just about enough to help us to see through there. whatever the hell this is. And then when things change, we'll change accordingly. And, you know, at the very least, I know we were not being set back majorly so from here we can we can definitely go up but it doesn't look like we'll be going down and that's kind of that was my main concern when it all happened was if if i don't have any way to be self-sufficient it doesn't matter the music i have if i can't put it out and i can't promote it it doesn't matter what it is Um, right it goes nowhere it doesn't matter how good the fucking music is if if it's Sorry. <laughs> so no. So we got lucky. We we and I mean it's it's and it's been a lot of work. It's not just like, but it's also we've definitely got lucky from that point of view because we honed in on streaming before it became the the phenomenon that it is right now, and so it helped us have a decent foot in the door and kind of like keep going. So we're making do. We're again, we're not streaming in money. I'm not. My bands definitely are not. But we're, you know, we're again, we're able to survive off of this. So that's, I think that's as much as I can ask for right now for the kind of startup company we are and the kind of numbers we have and the situation we're in. Right. I mean, it's just so, it's so unknown. I mean, everyone, I mean, the music industry as a whole, I know I'm sure there are other industries, you know, that have taken just as big, maybe if not more than a hit, but like I do see predominantly in the spotlight, probably just because I'm involved so heavily in it that like, the music scene, top to bottom, is yeah. just basically at a standstill. And it's now pretty much become a game of like, all right, what kind, you know, like what kind of content can we put out mm-hmm. that's going to make money and also keep us in front of people? You know, so I see, you know, uh, Goldfinger, I think, did like the prime time of this. They did, um, they, they just did literally, it, they just played like live uh, Superman. Okay, um, okay. And they did it, it was like right at the height of quarantine. So they were all in their own respective, uh, they were all in their own respective like home studios or whatever, you know, uh, instrumentally uh, playing, but like they mashed it all together. It sounds, you know, just like a, a live mix set. So it was super mm-hmm. cool. So I've seen a lot of people be really creative and I've also seen like a lot of people just kind of shut down, like not really know yeah. what to do. And um, 
you know, we had a manager that helped us put out the first record we did, uh, and his whole MO, his whole thing was like content, content, content. You need to be mm-hmm. putting out a regular yeah. stream of, of content. And, it's, you know, and that kind of helped us, you know, in, in a way prepare for now because now we're like, all right, you know, it's, it's Friday. What are we putting out? And it's, it's, it's not even so much what are we putting out. It's, we usually have it like planned out, ready to go. It's just, um, no, I, I think you. that now, especially, especially for like labels and stuff, it's, it's just kind of a really weird time because exactly how you said, it's like, how, you know, how are we going to make money? And if, if you're not making it off streaming, it needs to be a different way. If you're making it off streaming, you know, awesome. But who knows how much it is? I mean, just like what you said, shit's kind of taken a little bit of a, you know, not a plummet, but it's gone, you know, like you said, numbers have gone down a little bit. And I think too, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's just the climate that we're in right now. It's all totally uncharted territory. We have, nobody has any idea what we're doing. We're going to see a completely different music industry after this. I can totally tell you that. Everything is going to be completely top to bottom. Just, I think, uh, switched, just flipped upside down. It's definitely been, yeah. And it's definitely been a switch into gears too. I Creativity and marketing, they've always been like big when it comes to entertainment in general. But I don't think they've ever been as big as they are now. Because at the end of the day, if you might like creativity, but you have like a shit ton of money that you put aside because, you know, you have a day job or whatever, push mm-hmm. those ads. There you go. It might not yep. be the most creative thing, but if you have the money to push those ads, you're going to get it in front yep. of people. And if the music's good, people will pick it up, be it bland, be it not. If it's good music, it's good music. Like, that's where it ends. But right now, what if you've been laid off from your job and you don't have the creativity and you do not have the funds to push those ads? What the fuck are you going to do? So now, right. and I was talking to a friend about this too, now more than ever, like marketing and just like working on standing out and finding innovative ways to like, newer ways to like, have turned people's heads and make them say, oh, it's not just a song, but like, oh shit, what are these guys doing? Or, oh, what is this kind of situation is what's going to make people turn their head and say, this is worth checking out. This is worth following, saving, playlisting, insert whatever word you want here. Um, now more than before, most likely, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, I just, I you know, it's, it's sink or swim right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, hey man, like this is... <laughs> How are you gonna do it? How are you gonna keep going? Are you gonna are you gonna keep going? Are you gonna are you not gonna be able to do it anymore? And I haven't seen anybody like break up or I haven't seen anybody call it quits or anything really detrimental like that. But I mean, I, I'm sure it's in the air. <laughs> I know when I go to band practice, it's not <laughs> nobody's in a super great mood. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I guess it also depends on how long is this gonna go. Like oh, right. how it's like. What is this month four, basically, roughly something like that? Yeah, I mean, shit started so, closing in March. It's it's July, yeah, April, May, June, July. Yep, four months. So, how long can people also handle this? Like, how how mentally strong are you to handle the stress that comes with it, or the the uncertainty that comes with it? Like, because you know, I I like I said, I used to have an average of how much we made per month, and it was literally pretty much the same. Like, if I made a hundred bucks in March and a hundred bucks in April. And 120 bucks in May, I know that like in June, I'd still make 100 to 110. Like it was pretty, it was pretty even. And then we'd see spikes upon releases, of course. But when we don't have releases, we still have a pretty even 
line of, okay, I know how much I'm going to make, give or take a few hundred dollars. I know how much I'm going to make. I know how much I'm going to lose. And right now we've seen numbers fluctuate more than I'd like to admit. It's still enough to get us by, but, you know, if I made 20 bucks today and 100 tomorrow, I have no idea what I'm going to make the day after. So I have no, no way to budget as much as I used to before. It's very much guesswork at this point and savings and whatever we have left in profit that we, you know, we haven't reinvested yet. So it's, it's a lot of guesswork. It's a lot of trying to figure things out, but you don't really have the, the, the means to know exactly what's going to happen. So at the end of the day, it's very much a guesstimate. It's not even like, a, oh, I can pretty much figure this out, but, but you can't. You, up to a certain point, maybe. So it's a lot of maybe, it's a lot of uncertainty. I'm sure people are stressed the fuck out. I personally, I loved quarantine. I'm an introvert at heart. So I am, <laughs> this was probably my, I've been living my best life up until I had to go back to work. But I, I, my, my partner, she's like, she loves going out and talking to people. And she's a social worker. So she lives among people, literally. Oh, and she's yeah. been working from home and it's killing her. Because it's just not her <laughs> status. And I'm the opposite. So I'm sure people are stressed out and some were going or are going stir crazy. So there's a lot of factors that, you know, could affect your band practice, could affect your next recording or, you know, your, your oh, yeah. at-home live show, whatever you want it to be. So how long can people stick to this mentality of, okay, it's almost done. Okay, uh, just an extra day and then tomorrow will be over. Yeah, but when is the tomorrow? You know what I mean? Dude, it's uh, I, it's funny. I was just talking to my sister about that this morning. She said the exact same thing. She's like, I fucking love quarantine, man. I hate people. Staying inside is great. Same. It's same. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a scary time. But hey, I, I talk about I talk about COVID with like every guest I have on here. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about you. Uh, what um, what I kind of wanted to know is I know that you uh, I was just kind of doing a little bit of research mm -hmm. uh, the other day and I know that you uh, kind of took over the uh, famine record label in mm -hmm. like 2011 or 2012 right some right around there Four, 14 it started out in like 11 or 12 I took it over after, oh, shortly oh, after oh, okay. close enough <laughs> gotcha that was a couple of years off whatever um, but uh, I mean what, what kind of made you want to do that because I've I've like dabbled in other areas of uh, the music business, like primarily management side. I kind of like that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I would really like a lot of the convolutedness. I don't even know if that's a word, um, you know, that comes with oftentimes having to run a label. And that's not even, you know, the, the stereotypes. It's, I'm sure that, you know, the whole stereotype is that labels are always a pain in the ass to deal with. But, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like to it, I think it's, it's very similar to the whole retail customer service argument where it's like, you know, <laughs> label owners seem like dicks, but then it's like, yo, have you ever dealt with a band before? You know, so because yeah, I, I, I've heard, you know, because I've heard um, at least through other managers that we've had and talked to who have been like, you know, yeah, man, you know, the, the politics of it, you know, with a label management can sometimes be a they're rough, but, uh, you know, working with bands is, is probably similar to working with like the general public where it's just like, no, you can't ask for that. No, you can't do that. That's not how <laughs> things work. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. I mean, what kind of made you want to get started in all that? Cause I, like I said, I've never, uh, I've never really dabbled in that. I just, I, I, I don't think I have like a, um, I, this was the moment when I was like, shit, this is what I want to do. Um, I've, I kind of ran into, 
Almost. You just sort of fall like ass backwards into it. Just kind of like, oh, hey, this is cool. I I didn't really listen to like anything metal or alternative really from this kind of scene until 2010, 2011-ish. So I'm kind of like a late bloomer really. Like I'm new. This is my first decade listening to metal, literally. I come from like, I I come from um, a lot of R&B growing up. There was a lot of R&B. And it's funny because I grew up in Italy uh, up until I was 19 or 20, whatever. But I listened to a lot of American music because my mom listened to a lot of that because my mom wanted to move to the States when she was younger. And that's how she met my father at the time. So America's always been kind of like in my life in some way, shape or form. And so has the speaking English. Hence, a lot of, you know, I grew up in a lot of Eminem, a lot of R&B, like 50 Cent, and a lot of um, Craig David back in the days. Um, uh, who was it? Nelly, that kind of shit. So, <laughs> oh my God! There's a name I haven't heard in so long. I know, there's some. Dude, I used there's to listen some to Nelly stuff, Holy Neo, shit, like back in like I still early. Listen to him, man. Like, so I grew up with a very R and B ish kind of background, and then I moved into you know radio pop. So you right know, on. Black Eyed Peas, Rihanna, um, whatever you know, whatever would be on MTV Top Forty, whatever the hell it was. And then back in 2010, I I don't know what I was watching some video or something. I don't even remember. Situations was playing by Escape of Fate, um, which is fucking iconic. And I was like, oh, oh shit, yeah, yeah. this is a good song. Let me check the band out. Because back in the days, I was also listening to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. Like, they would go hand in hand. Those were the yep. only two bands I'd listen to. Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, and eventually I found Paramore. So that w- that became my world around. That's 16, how it 17. goes. Once you stumble upon Paramore, <laughs> you're fucked. It's just a fucking know, roller know. coaster from there. Um. So I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I looked up, you know, Escape the Fate at the time with Ronnie, and eventually I I fell in love with the with the the EP they had out, and then the album, and from there it's kind of like a rabbit hole because you know you start looking up like bands that sound like and certain band name. Um, <laughs> right, and you know right, this right. was 2010, right? So the good early 2000s that are like scene or whatever you want to call them had just started out. Um, you know, what was me, Chiodos and Amorosa and Dance Giving Dance, all that kind of stuff. Rice Core, Memphis Mayfire, uh, you know, you name it was just starting to blow up. Hands Like Houses, not a freaking great band. And I fell in love with all of that. So then I started dabbing into a lot of like the the post hardcore, the alternative kind of stuff. My my favorite band to this day is Off Machines. It's in a tie with Amorosa really, but you know, it's both of them basically. And they're still my go to. And I kinda never really dabbed into anything heavier. Um until when I moved to the States I started, you know, I realized I, I really like music and I was like, you know what, if I if I can buy your CD for like five bucks or whatever, what if instead of just buying the CD, I invest more than five bucks in you? Like, what's stopping me from doing that? Maybe I can do something good for you. Um, and I don't know, it kind of just came together. I was talking to a friend at the time and he's like, yeah, man, maybe we should start a label. And I guess he said jokingly, but eventually joke and joke and joke after joke. It kind of became a thing. Um, sure, and it never like, hey, let's fully, actually do this. <laughs> and it never fully took off, not really, but it was kind of like enough to get me to get my, you know, um, test the waters and figure out that overall I did enjoy it. So from there, 
I decided to go to college to study music business. I came to the States with an agreement with my family that I would go to college. Like, if I'm to leave my entire family and uprooting, it has to be for educational purposes. Oh, so you came here by yeah. yourself. You didn't move with your family. No, it's me. Um, oh, so my God. I live with uh, some relatives for about a year and a half-ish on the East Coast, people that I never really met. And then eventually, oh. I'm like, you know what? I want to go to school. I want to go to college. And the deal was, you know, you go to college. You study foreign languages. Um, I went to high school for foreign languages back at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I studied Spanish for eight years, French for five, English for ever since I can remember. So the natural step was study, keep studying these languages that you have uh, an understanding of and develop that. I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go to study music business. <laughs> so I <laughs> changed everything um, and kind of like figured out a way to get my family to approve of this because the deal was you go to study foreign languages if you go to the States. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. So I ended up in Florida for uh, about a year at full sale for music business and then got tired of the heat and the humidity, drove with a friend yep. to California, um, literally drove in three fucking days to Glendale, oh California, God, yeah. spent like three months couch surfing, eventually found my current place that I'm still at. Um, and in the middle of all of that, in 2014, I picked up Rick's label, um, and I kind of retained some of his artists and brought some of my own in that I knew at the time. And again, it was a whole lot of trial and error and a whole lot of, you know, losing a lot of money and learning how to make it and learning how to survive and get by. Um, but the more I spent doing that, the more I realized that I, I do enjoy it. Even even the things I complain about, like every quarter I have to do accounting for every single band that I've ever touched, which means the current ones, but also the past ones. And I have to do accounting for all of that. And every every quarter, without fail, I bitch and moan about it every time because it's just, I hate numbers. I hate math. I hate Excel spreadsheets. Anything like that, I cannot stand it. But at the end of the day, I do it every quarter without fail and then I move along and keep doing my, my budgeting, I keep doing my scheduling, I keep doing my submissions, whatever it is. So in, 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 at the end, I still like everything I do. And, I, and like you said, you try your hand at management. I tried, uh, I tried some booking, I tried some management. Um, lately, I've been dabbing into marketing, which I actually surprisingly enjoy. Um, well, marketing's but, great. That's the best part of like I think the music. Like marketing is one of the best parts. I did. I tried doing the tour management. I tried doing the booking shows. Fuck that! Holy <laughs> shit! And like that is actually. I actually now I can attest to this because. Uh, <clears throat> Attest to the whole, like, you know, labels being like, have you ever worked with bands? I have worked with bands. And some bands, <laughs> let me fucking tell you, are an absolute nightmare. Some bands no, are horrible. Not, not that they're dicks. Not that they're mean or anything like that. But just that, like, the sheer ignorance of, like, how a show or a tour or, how, like, when to load in, when to load, you know, just, just basic things. And it's just, like... Over time, that just, you know, builds up and builds up and builds up. Or, like, you know, and like you said, like, you know, you lose money. I mean, you can really lose money in touring, especially booking shows. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, if if the room rate doesn't get covered and the venue's like, well, who's covering that? I quickly got out of that. I I joined a booking agency for a couple months and then was like, no, 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 I'm I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) So, yeah. Sorry, I totally didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I know. I know what that's like. 
You're good. I feel yeah. So, and that's kind of like how I found my niche. At the end of the day, I the parts I personally enjoy the most. One, I love getting a chance to discover new artists. I think that the, at the very very beginning, when I decided that this is what I wanted to do, was the fact that I ran into this band that I don't think is a thing anymore. There's one I can't even remember. I love their album to death, and I can't even remember the name. I just remember the artwork. Um, and then there's this other band. They're French, or they were, I guess, um, called Merge. And I had this EP that I put on rotation, like, on a fucking daily basis. I loved it. Um, And I remember thinking, man, if only they could get signed, I think they could go far. Um, And I never really had the chance, you know, and and I never really had enough to offer them, otherwise I would have done it myself. But I always thought, the the initial thought that kind of fueled everything for me at the time was, I think these bands deserve more than what they have going on right now. So I wish there were a way were somebody relevant enough, you know, like Rise at the time was my pinnacle for me at the time. Um, where that was everybody's pinnacle. That was them, right? the label. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I was like, I wish so-and-so would discover these guys. And, you know, so maybe if I come in a play and maybe if I help them, somebody's head will, you know, will turn and they'll be like, oh, shit, how did we miss out these guys all this time? And that was kind of always been like the motivating factor for me in how we pick and choose the, the music we want to work with and we want to invest in is I need to be willing to buy it myself. Like if I'm not willing to buy, you know, buy or stream your music willingly myself, that there's no grounds for us to work together. Cause I, if I have no motivation or no interest, we're not going to go anywhere. I learned that the hard way. And then two, I think you guys deserve to be farther than where you are. Mm-hmm. And in between all this, I started out, you know, I started out with just that. And obviously I got bit in the ass so many times that I had to also add the it's a business mentality. But I, but still, I, I try to not lose focus on the fact that, like, the main reason I do this for me at the end of the day, it's I don't want to get rich off of this. I if, if I did, I'd be working with Ariana Grande or Harry Styles, not with <laughs> Right. So clearly being rich is not the main motivation behind this. Um, but it's definitely the the fact that like if I run into a band and I think they have what it takes, I think they should be bigger. So maybe if I pull the right strings and put them in the right places at the right time, someone bigger will come along and eventually we'll be that someone bigger. But, you know, it's one step at a time. I'm, I, I know where we are and I look back and I know where we were a year, two, three ago, whatever. Um, there was a year where in profit we made $200, like, you know, and, and clearly that ain't no profit. Not really. But like when you get that though, like when you see oh, that, dude, you're, you're, yes. you know, it's I like, remember oh, my first check. Fucking money. Yeah. I remember my first check still. So I'll fill you there. Um, yeah. but that's my point, right? Like I am, I'm, I'm definitely not in it for the money. I'm in the wrong genre. If I want to do it for the money. First <laughs> dude, foremost. Right. I have this conversation like almost <laughs> like, weekly where it's just like, like, uh, my buddy, one of my buddies sent me a video of, he was like, it was this video of this dude. Uh, he's in some metalcore, metalcore band from. LA, you know, there's a thousand of them. And he was bitching and moaning about, you know, how, uh, how hard it is to be in a metalcore band in 2020. And I'm like, dog, like, I, don't get me wrong. I love metalcore. I love the bands of the genre. I love all that shit. But like, you, t- dude, you, you're playing metalcore, man. You're not playing pop music. Like, you're, come on. For real. Be For real. real. So it's, it's a different, right? It's a different, it's a different animal altogether. And 
I know for a fact that if I run into something I really like, and not just like the, oh, skim through this, sounds cool, move along, but like the kind where you put it on repeat and you're like, shit, this gets better at every listen. That's when I know that like, I, I think somebody else should know about these guys because they deserve more attention than they're getting. Um, and that's behind some of like my riskiest choices. Like I, a couple of years ago, I picked up this band and all they brought to me was a single. They had no social media, no final lineup, no other songs recorded, just like this music video for a song. And I heard it and I shit, you know, I was like, where do I sign? I'll give you whatever the fuck you want. Where do I sign? Oh, for real? They were that good. I think they were great. And now they're with Long Branch and they're like, you know, averaging about a million and something streams a year, which again, it's nothing huge compared to, you know, the pop artists. But I mean... I think no, that's a big year. deal. No, I think that's I think that's a big deal. I think like when, when you're like that ain't no shit. You know what I mean? Like when you get to that level, even like even if you've got like, you know, 15, 20, 30,000 monthly listeners or whatever, that's still something. You look at like a lot of like a lot of people don't really know how to get, you know, yeah, make these true. moves and and get out there and do this thing. So like, yeah, you're not getting a million views, or you're not getting a million monthly streams, but you got you know anywhere on average between five to ten thousand people in a, you know a few weeks listening mm-hmm. to you. It, you know, it, it's a constant yeah. revolving door. So, um, like a, a perfect you know a perfect example is is kind of you know how you say like you like to take bands and. You know, which is exactly what a label should do, you know, help you do is take you from, you know, good and make you great or make, you know, at least good and make you better. And uh, perfect example of this is uh, Craig's band, Dematerialize, Demat. Fucking, uh, he told me before he was, before they went live with it, him and I were just having a conversation and, um, you know, he was telling me how, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to start this little side project. I got I get a gig with some people and. Bryce is going to uh, do drums. And I was like, oh, dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, they got, like, somewhere between 15,000 monthly listeners or something like that. And I'm like, oh, shit, Craig. Fuck, right on. Uh, but, like, y- you know, a lot of that happened because I-, I saw, like, immediately right out of the gate that DMAT, you know, was uh, a famine band. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of how you said you guys really played to your strengths. And I saw their, you know, their online persona, which is all I've asked Craig, I, like, and that's all that they have plans to do is just be an online band, which yeah. is cool. Um, but uh, I was like, man, Craig, I was like, I'd love for you guys to do some shows sometime. Because uh, I think they're a sick band. I've got, them, I've got several of their songs loaded in my workout playlist. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to the gym right after this, and I always have them like right in the, right in the beginning. Uh, so I, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and you're kind of a label where like you kind of do, I mean, you don't like pigeonhole yourself. At least from what I've sort of seen, like you don't like kind of you don't pick all the same type of bands. Um, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Some labels like to just you know, hey, we just take hardcore bands. We don't take metalcore. We don't take gent. We don't take post. You know, whatever. It's just hardcore bands or like stay sick. You know, stay sick label. Uh, they just take like pure beat down hardcore slam bands. You know, like just that type of brutal heavy shit. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I kind of, I do like seeing labels that have like diversity. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, you guys do a pretty good job at that. I know our label, um, they, they do, <clears throat> I always thought our label had a niche for heavier bands. I think they kind of do, but they did. I mean, they picked us up, so they were, they were interested in us. And I know there's a couple other bands on there that aren't, um, like heavy as shit. Uh, so I think it's cool. Like when you add variety and you don't just have the same 
type of bands on there. Because you can hear, I mean, you listen to enough metalcore bands, you can hear the same riff being copied. You know what I mean? You ever like, you, you ever listen to um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like two bands, maybe huge or small, whatever, and you're like, I have for sure heard this riff. Or like, I have for sure heard. Yeah. And it drives you crazy, like, where is this from? Um, but uh, no, I, I really like a lot of the diversity that kind of that you got going on there. It shows your your uh, your mainstream punk side of you, or mainstream pop. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, and we've been trying to diversify. I, we did start out, when I took over, we tried to focus mainly, you know, it was a legacy that somebody else had built, and I was like, I'm here to develop it, but I'm also not here to just like, completely restart from scratch and be like no fuck your fan base i want mine so i tried to stick with like their strengths which is very much the gent progressive kind of style with some technical heavy technical stuff here and there but the the more i work with it the more i'm like you know what i at the end of the day i want to work also with not just my niche but also you know if i think this is good i kind of want to work with it there's there's some stuff we still don't deal with like i honestly have not dealt with hardcore but i'm also not a fan of hardcore so there's that it's not like a a business decision it's just i i don't enjoy it so i have no reason personally to go seek it out unless it falls into my lap but there's some you know some alternative acts like alternative rock that i really really like um like the you mentioned the the blue-eyed giants I, I I heard their one of the previous singles maybe about a year ago or so and I fucking loved it and it's very modern alternative rock like it's there's it is. there's it really is. no core to it not really like maybe some semblance of it but if you can pitch it to like a radio saying hey this is rock music and they'll be like all right cool like they're not gonna dig they're not gonna say it's too heavy maybe some bits but whatever so I I really like that and I'm like you know screw the genres screw it's heavy it's not i don't care this is great music they sent me some of the demos and i was like where do i sign um i have a band that we're announcing in october september or october i don't remember and they're a hundred percent and this is a much more mellow version of alternative rock like picture you know old amorosa like 2010 2014-ish style amorosa kind of sure. kind of vibes oh, very right alternative on. rocky very radio rock in a way but very like the mellow stuff um, or like the, the the latest Slaves album, not the one that's coming out now, the 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 Johnny, the past Johnny one, that kind of stuff. Like, and it's and it's such good music that I'm. I'm I haven't heard I'm them stoked. with the new guy because they have a new guy, right? And I think they, they I think I saw they just put something out with him. They I haven't listened have, to him. And if I can say, it took me a while to get used to him. He's not bad by any means. He's actually really good. But the the first few songs didn't hit the way the old stuff used to. Like they're catchy and they're good, but for me, you know, I, I don't know if you if it makes sense, but you know how you have those songs and you're like, shit, this makes me feel some type of way, and then you have the ones that are like, shit, this is catchy, right? Like it's yes, very 100%. much two different feels to it, right? And if you get a new vocalist to do those, it doesn't hit the same. It exactly. absolutely does not hit the same. Thank you. Fuck yeah. Thank you. So right. So they put out the first couple of singles, and I was like, dude, these are catchy as hell. But they don't make me feel the way the old stuff did. But the more right. the more oh, the man. more singles <laughs> that have been put out though, like the, the more singles have been put out, the more I'm starting to feel the same way about them. So they're kind of like it took me a while. They literally had to grow on me single by single. But like the last, I'm gonna say 
for sure the last two, maybe even the last three, those are like, for me personally, I'm like, okay, this is what I was looking for. Like, this is what I think was missing at the beginning. They got it now. So like the last two or three singles, I can have on repeat all day and all day. And I'm like, cool. Like I can sit through these two or three songs literally for an entire shift if I have to. So it's, you know, it, it takes a minute to, to, it took it took a minute to grow on me, but now like I'm I'm really into them and and this band that I got I I can't wait to put them out. It's very reminiscent of that kind of alternative rock style, a little bit more mellow most likely. And we have this song like I was watching the video yesterday, and I've had it for about a month now. That I, like so I've had the chance to watch it before. And I just was rewatching it yesterday, and every time I watch it, I'm like shit. Okay, can't wait to start planning for this. Can start to can't wait to like start pitching this can't wait to start like you know putting this on playlists and like there's just so much stuff that i want to be working on and that i want to get doing um and you know until we have all the masters we're holding back on that so we can just put out an ep with it as well but it's you know we're i'm I'm sitting on some music that i literally cannot wait to put out like i got some some masters today as well from a band that i'm looking into and i love those and i have some demos from one of our our other bands, um, Windrunner, and I love them. They're from Vietnam, so it's such a weird Whoa. thing to say. I know it's so weird to think. Um, There's and- a band though, like that from a from India right now that I that my vocalist has actually been sharing around. They're actually not bad. Cool. Um, Who is it? Oh fuck! It's it's some, find out <laughs> when you get a some, second. Find out. It's I'm something curious. bloody. It's something bloody. I'm uh, curious. Oh man, I'll have to ask him about it, and I'll 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 send it to you. Um, Asia has some really good music, and it's a shame that it doesn't make it like some crazy, like some crazy. Um, like, have you ever heard of that band? They're from Japan. Um, oh my fucking god! Now this is really gonna. If you're gonna say Crystal Lake, I know Crystal Lake. It's not Crystal Lake, but I, okay, Crystal Lake I was is about rad. To say Crystal Lake is fucking it's awesome. A, it's another one, and they do uh, Maximum the Hormone. Have you ever heard of them? No. Oh my God! They. I gotta look them I, up. I don't think they have Spotify. I don't think that. I think, but it, they're like a Japanese system of a down, dude. I mm. fucking love it. Their shit. They do a lot of like anime. Okay. Uh, like they they send their music to um, anime stuff, but uh, so like you know it'll be like in the intro or outros for animes and, um, but. Uh, yeah, they they've got a few songs that are just like bops. I mean, it's it's like I mean, it's like System of a Down. Like if you like System of a Down, you would like this this band. Um, I gotcha. But uh, fuck yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what that band from India is called. Anyway, go on, go on. You've got you've got a release you're, you're stoked for. So no, I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am for pretty much everything we put out. Like I said, if there's no heart in it, I'm not interested in it. But mm-hmm. there's, you know, we have variety across across the board. Like I said, we have we have Blue Eyed Giants, and then we drop Dream Eater, which is a heavier metalcore side uh, act. We got more alternative rock coming up, and then towards the end of the year, we'll have some new Windrunner, which, again, I consider one of our most unique bands because it's female vocals and it's ambient, progressive, kind of picture Spirit Box in a way, similar to that kind of vibe. Ooh. And and they had really good feedback in the past few years. Like we built them from, you know, an an EP in twenty fifteen and a single in twenty seventeen to like 
We hit today a million streams on their album we put out at the end of 2018, and we hit it oh, today. Oh, congratulations. No so, kidding. So I'm 100% ridiculously proud of what they've accomplished so far, and despite all the, the shit that's happened and the changes they've been through, you know, they're, they're still pushing and they're putting together an album, and I have some of the demos, and I can't wait to hear, like, what they come up with, like, once they're finalized. We, we're looking into mixing and mastering. Um, we've been looking into mixing and mastering, and I've got a friend that's done a really good job for them in the past, so we're most likely we're trying to go to him again. And, you know, and when they put this stuff out, it's definitely more gent. It's it's very much in the gent kind of niche, if you want to call it that, you know. The the periphery, North Laney, Spirit Boxy kind of vibe. Um, but And it's very different than what we've put out so far. But it's, you know, it, to me there's a common thread, which is it's all music I enjoy at the end of the day. There's like a very common thread of something that there's some melodic or some riffage in there that doesn't just make it like a chug fest so to speak and for me that's kind of like the thing that unites everything that we've had a hand to there's technicality there's 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 something melodic out of it and you can find those trends in pretty much everything we put out i think too that like gent because i'm hit or miss with gent like some gent music like um like sometimes it just like hits perfectly and then other times i'm just like i'm really not feeling this like when it's like way crazy like sometimes like not that it's bad music or that i think it's shitty by any means it's just like it doesn't do anything for me you know what i mean like i hear it and i'm like yeah that's musically industry but like i'm not feeling any like because those you know types those are like the that's like the metal elitist crowd it's like how Mm -hmm. crazy can our music become but it's still musically sound like it all still on paper makes sense and it's you know uh, some some bands do it really well, and they they st- not so much stay in the pocket, but they don't go so far out. And I think that some bands try and be like some gent bands. A lot of times, um, to me at least, I probably get crucified for this, but uh, <laughs> it just seems sometimes they just try and go over the top. Like, hey, let's really kind of like scratch that itch for those metal elitists. Like, let's really add in all this stuff. Um, but then again, you know, I play like post-hardcore so we don't use our instruments like that at all so what the fuck do i know uh but that's still one of the best ones right yeah it's again like for me and i mean it seems kind of like you too like the music's really not gonna do anything unless like you feel something from it and that's just music in general but uh especially for somebody that owns a label i know that that's probably obviously the the big bugaboo but, um, uh, oh, that band from India, uh, Bloody Wood. That's who it is. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll look Blo- into them. <clears throat> look into, sign them. Fuck it. Bring them over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into them. I'll, I'll check them out later today. I'll, I'll see if I can dig them up. I've seen, uh, actually a few bands, kind of, a few foreign bands get, um, big kind of that way. Like they put out like a good music video. Uh, and it just like, people are like, oh shit, like check out this band. For, like, 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 and you know, it's always, and I think too, the reason that it gets clout is because it's like, you know, you wouldn't expect a metal band coming from India or like, mm. you, know, you wouldn't expect a it's metal true. band coming from Vietnam, you know, like, I know. like you, <laughs> and you know, and then, and then let alone, so they come out and they like actually slap, it's good music and you're like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I know, there's really good music and it doesn't make it as far. We have a, we have a Chinese band that's like very, it, and it's hard to describe what sound they have because they have some post-hardcore, they have some metalcore, like architect style, and they have some 
post-hardcore, like almost punk post-hardcore. So it's it's really hard to, to tell you what it is, what they are. And, you know, in, in China, they're pretty freaking well-known. Like they do sold-out shows for 300, 400 cap venues. They, they're big over there, but it's their own market, right? Like, and they right. even brought Amur to, to a couple of China dates, like when Amur toured Asia, they brought them to a few China dates as well. They, they, like, they handled the promotion and the scheduling, all that oh, kind of oh stuff. Oh, shit, that's cool So they're, they're definitely very well-rooted in their community. But here, I say here, and I mean, you know, US, Europe, whatever, a quarter of the people knows who they are, and it's a shame. Sure. So I, I made them an offer too back, um, back at the end of 2018-ish, something like that. Um, I made them an okay. offer, and we we put out their album at the end of last year, and it's overall it's been great. Like the reception from the Western side of the world has been great because the music is freaking fantastic. It just needs an outlet that is you know not just centered where they're located. So there's so much talent out there, and some of us have literally no clue there is in the first place. I mean, and that's kind of why I <clears throat> I love Australia. For mm-hmm. for their music, I mean, it just seems oh, yeah. that 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 place just churns out minus Iggy Azalea, but that place just <laughs> wow. churns. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that, that, I, I hate her music. <laughs> but um, no, I think that uh, I, I just think that Australian um, music is ridiculously good. I I, can, I have yet to find a band uh, of you name the genre. That I do not enjoy from Australia. It's just, it's like not fair. It's like not <laughs> fair. <laughs> I agree. Must, I'm be like, the wa- must be something in the water. Yeah, dude. And I'm just like, man, like if you guys were like, I don't know, man, if like, if that type of creativity was coming out of the US, I feel like we would just unstoppable music scene. Oh, dude, but yeah. They do, I mean, like, uh, like there's bands like, uh, if you've ever heard of bands like Pride Lands or Thornhill, yeah. even like yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, smaller, of dude. Those bands are sick. Uh, Thornhill just put out a new record. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. But, um, yeah, I, or uh, there was an older band called Create to Inspire that, yeah, I, I, that I still listen to. That that band is, like, just from metalcore, rock, math rock, hardcore, melodic. Like, it doesn't matter what genre it is. They're going to crush it. They're going to absolutely mm-hmm. crush it. Uh, you know, and I don't know if... Parkway Drive was the um, kind of the spearhead of all that because I don't, you know, like I feel like after Parkway Drive kind of took over, it was like just Australia was like boom Polaris. Uh, Now I'm blanking on fucking Amity, you know, like just boom. Yeah, they have a good, they have really good music. I agree. Kicking them all out. So you know, even over there too, like they're you know they're uh, touring Australia. You know, doing a whole national tour in Australia, it's like eight cities. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're and you're done um i know there's good music and one day one day i'll land somebody from there that's that's one of the goals so far yeah that's i feel like that's the hit it big you know that's like the next level like you're like ooh, what's australia yeah and it's talent 100 it's talent out there Mm -hmm. it is It, it, it absolutely is and i think too a lot of times when you get music from other countries it's 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 weird like how the culture just totally influences how that music sounds. Like, you know how you can tell, like, um, you know, from like, not so much how you can tell, but like, I've heard some Italian bands or even just bands from like different um, UK countries and how 
a, just musically the way it's all put together is like strung together and like there's like similarities there or like I guess I should say there's similarities between them but then differences between how like American music is made and how you know like a the Italian or, or um, German or uh, yeah, there's any, usually something that gives away maybe not where they're from, not exactly, but you'd be like, okay, what when you like you look at something and you're like, okay, where are these guys from? You might not even do it like you might do it subconsciously, but your first question is, where are these guys from? Which subconsciously makes you think, okay, these guys are not from wherever I am from. So now I'm wondering where what's their country of origin or where's their hometown or whatever. So I, I do that every now and then. I look at a video and then I'm like, all right, where are you guys from? Which to me implies they're not from the States. Like in my brain, when I ask that, I just, to me, it simply means that I have already assumed that they're not from the States, so they got to be from somewhere else, which is the only reason why I asked myself like, oh, let's see where you guys are from. Sure. Uh, that that bloody, that bloody wood... Um band from India I just told you but so like listening to their, they have like in their breakdowns they have like um I don't know what the actual instrument is it, like the name keeps coming in and out of my brain I can't think of it but it's like ding but dong. like but like a um, mandolin I think like a mandolin or some shit you know like they've got that in their music so you're like oh India like that's just I associate that music with India so I know and I love it when bands do that like uh when runner they actually have a few songs where they use like typical asian like vietnamese asian instruments um or melodies um and they even have a song in vietnamese so like i love when like different cultures like they're brought into the music i it, or you know western westernizing or whatever the verbing is mm-hmm. and make it more western like is is cool and all because it you know it's it's more familiar but if you do it right and you put like a little bit of whatever your country or your nation or your upbringing is in your music it makes it stand out if if you do it right obviously it makes it stand out that much more like i i still like i said the the first songs that come to mind for me from windrunner and i use them as the prime example um the first song we put out with them is like use it heavily and relies heavily on Vietnamese scenarios. Like the the opening scene is like this beautiful sunset, and and you know it's and it's local to them. And some of the scenes from other videos they've made are very typical of Vietnam. Like there's scenes from their streets, or you know, one of their parks, or whatever. You know, you name it. And then their music includes like typical instruments, and they'll be added to. There's a song. There's a demo they sent me where it uses that it uses typical instruments as well. And I don't remember the name. Like, I asked multiple times. Actually, I think I asked. I don't even remember. But I've seen them play it, right? And I don't know what it's called, but I've seen them play it on, a, on an interview they did a while back. And it was in a couple of previous songs. It will be in a couple of future songs. And when you add that, it's something that you're not going to find here in the States and you're not going to find in Australia. You're not going to find in Italy. Like, it's, it's typical to them. It stays with them, which I think is part of what makes them stand out as much as they do. I mean, the country alone, the fact that you tell people, hey, here's a gent progressive whatever core from Vietnam, and people are already like, what? And you're like, it's female fronted, and you're like, what? And then you're like, yeah, you, well, yeah, 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 right? Like, you're right? even like, what? So like, you just double, keep adding, Double what? And at the time, I used to pitch it as like, uh, and then, you know, some of their lyrics are heavily influenced by their culture. They talk about, you know, traditions and, and family and that kind of stuff that we don't have here, so there's that. And then, you know, the titles... Um, are all related to um, some... They told me the whole story behind the old album they did, and it's related off of, like, 12 pictures, 10 pictures, 
each and every one of one of them has the name of a flower, of a tree, or and so on and so forth, and they all stand for something. So that's been incorporated into the whole album. That the imagery and the titles and the meaning has been incorporated, and you're not gonna find it here. So you know, I used to pitch it, and every time I was like, "There's this, and then there's this, and then there's this, and wait, there's more. There's also this." And so imagine pitching this kind of stuff, and then on top of it all, the music is different. It's not just like you know an Asian version of Architects, so to speak, just to give you a random example. But <laughs> right, they have right, right, their, right. Own, their own instruments, so it's the music and the lyrics, it all belongs 100% to them. It's not like a cookie-cutter version of another band just from a different country. Generic and it, topics. And that's what makes gene- them yeah, yeah. stand out, right? So bands that are from different countries, when you get to incorporate this kind of stuff, it's what makes us stand out that much more. I mean, a, a month ago, one of my bands from Italy, they put out a metal song about making pizza. And, I mean, take it from us. We know how to make pizza. We came up with it, right? So, <laughs> right? So, I mean, who else are you going to take instructions from? Like a Google website or an Italian band that's screaming at you how to make pizza, right? So that w- And that was like one of our selling points at the time was – do you want to cover this? It's five dudes from Italy playing metal telling you how to make pizza. And the video shows you how to make it. And if you follow through, maybe you can eat it. So, so you know funny. what I mean? <laughs> so, like, that's what makes you stand out. Like, if, you, if you're different, fucking embrace it and do something about it. Don't just try to, like, blend in and be like, this is safer. Probably it is because, I mean, you know, it's sold once. It'll sell another thousand times. But you're probably not going to stand out until you put your own twist on it. Well, something that always like bugged me about my about my own band, like, and even sometimes we'll still catch ourselves doing this. Um, I, I'm even guilty of doing it. Is being like, you know, oh, we're trying to sound like this band. You know why? Like that's that's cool. Like that, that that is cool. Like they have a good sound. You know, or it's like, oh, we're trying to sound like Stick to Your Guns, or oh, we're trying to sound like Miss May I, and it's like, you know, but that's been done before. You know, so like the reason those bands got so big is because when, you know, when they got signed, there weren't other bands doing what they're doing. And that's, you know, so it's like, yo, you need to, you know, add something or, or do something or bring something back, put a new spin on something. You know, like I, I've just seen so many bands that exactly how like you say, like they don't, they're, you know, it's just generic. There's no interesting factor. There's nothing that kind of sets them apart. And that's, you know, that's kind of one of the, the biggest things for me, I think, too. Is and, and that's why I like labels, shows, and all these, you know, different other showcases that, you know, showcase uh, different genres of bands. You know, it, it's it's mixed. I love playing and putting on mixed uh, genre shows. Like, we did a, um, back a year ago, we were supposed to do it, um, in like a week actually uh something called feels fest where like a bunch of chicago's like top tier bands from like you know whether it's pop punk or it's metalcore or it's gent or it's hardcore or it's you know um just rock you know like uh, alternative rock like blue-eyed giants you know um everyone comes in and covers like a classic emo song that basically helps shape you know the heavy music and what it is today uh, and you know the we were like you know what kind of bands we want in there and it was so cool to see, like, different types of bands follow one another. And it brought in, you know, it brought in a bunch of, a whole new audience for bands that may not get the chance to play for those people. And I think that when you do that, you kind of see different, you are like, oh, I actually kind of like that heavy style of band the way they did that. Or, you know, or you're, you know, maybe you just gravitate more towards heavy music and you're like, oh, 
I kind of like the way that pop punk band was doing that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check them out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with all that said, like, so what? What all are you as like a label owner, someone that is actively dealing with you know listening to new music, listening to new artists? Like, what's kind of one of the biggest things that you're looking for? I think I would I would honestly say originality, but not up to a certain extent. I mean, not every band can sound. Not everybody can reinvent the wheel. Otherwise, then would not be originality anymore, I suppose. Right. Um, so, but I guess that I I have to like the music first and foremost. I don't think there's like a thing that kind of like captures it all. Um, I have to like the music, and I think bands need to understand that one. I, I what we are doing at the end of the day is making an investment in good faith. Because I believe they can, they, they got what it takes to, you know, make it big. And what I want to provide is that that first stepping point, that first starting point of, I believe you can do this. Let's show everybody else you can, right? But they, I need the mutual understanding then that, like, you know, we're investing in something and we're not going to do it if we're not 100% sold on the music and if we don't see the motivation behind said music. Like, I've had great bands that, you know, I love their music, but then the the, the band itself, it's not even in a bad way, but putting stuff together and, you know, getting together to to write and record and, and rehearse is, is a pain because there's no motivation to make it happen. The music is great, but if you don't give me music, I can't put it out. I can't do my job if I don't have something to do it with, right? So I need, like I said, the mutual understanding that I, we're going to put forward our time and money and you know knowledge and connections and whatever the hell you want to call it, but I need you to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward just as much as we are. So... I need you to, to, to not be that way, to, to, to do your side of the deal while we take care of ours. And then just because a song it's good, like I was telling you before, there's catchy good and there's hits me right in the feels good. Just because a song it's good doesn't mean I'm willing to invest a couple thousand dollars in it. Because, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've had bands that send me music and, and I like it. It's the kind that I like. Like, if I heard it on the radio or on, you know, a Spotify radio, I'd be like, yeah, this is good. But that's about it. I wouldn't, like, you know, say, oh, who's the artist? Oh, let me save it. Oh, let me follow it. And, oh, let me find more music about them. When all of these happen, that's when I'm like, shit, this is going to be good. Because if one song hooks me in this much, I know I'm going to like it. But the moment I hear a song and I don't feel the need to dig any deeper than I heard it, I enjoyed it, that's when I know... It's for me. It's not a good fit because I'm not willing to spend. You know, we're we're not again. We're not rich. We're not rise. We're not victory. We're not whatever. So the money we have, we need to spend it wisely, and we're not able or willing to spend a couple grand on you know a band I don't feel strongly or passionate about. Because somewhere else there probably is a band that I feel strongly and I'm passionate about, and if I invest in the wrong act, when the other one comes along, I will have nothing to be able to support them to the point where I might miss my shot with them or I might not be able to even reach out because what do I have to offer if I get nothing, right? So there's that fine line of understanding 
that this is a business because it is at the end of the day like i again i'm not here to be rich but i'm definitely not here to like declare bankruptcy every year so it is a business but i also need to love what i'm doing and what i'm investing and what i'm i'm putting effort into as much as you do and if you're more into the music than i am then it ain't a right match because i or vice versa yeah it it can absolutely be vice versa you know like you can have a band you can have a band i mean you can i'm sure you've probably had this or at least heard about it you know where bands they sign you know whether it's to a big label or a small label and then they think dope we don't have to try anymore and you know and then they just i mean i've seen bands you know get signed they put out the release and then they just they kind of like drop off and you know and i'm like why didn't you guys push a little harder oh well our label wasn't doing this this and this and it's like all right well that doesn't mean you can't still put out content or you can't do you know do things and um you know so I think that that, that's kind of a two-way street that it cuts both ways. Like you have to be willing to, both of you have to be willing to work. Both parties have to be willing to work just as hard as the other one. And that's something that we, you know, say to whenever we talk to any label or manager, my band, at least it's always like, look, we'll put in the work ethic that you put in as well. Like if you're busting your ass to get us, you know, plays or on tours or in stuff like that we're going to do what you need us to do on our end to make things you know go a little bit smoother and it's not always you know it's not always perfect it's not always you know it's it doesn't always work that way but um you know i think that the harder i mean the harder you work the more of a turnaround you're going to see and you know we've worked with management you know talk to label reps and other stuff like that to where it's just like, you know, you're not going to put in the kind of work that we're going to put in, you know, and it may not even, sometimes it's not even a matter of can they put in the work? It's a matter of, "Ah, well, we won't. And it's like, okay, well then what's the point? You know? Um, But I don't, I mean, something too that I want to ask you is not to totally switch gears here, but um, do you, as a label owner, do you kind of prefer, uh, this is more of me just picking your brain. Uh, it's not even an interview. I'm no, just curious gotcha. for myself. Um, as a label, do you kind of prefer when bands come to you with like, hey, this is the album we released last year on this label or you know, independently. This is the style we're going for. We're going to put out a new record. Uh, you know, And then come at you like that. Or do you prefer like, hey, we just did all this. We have a new record ready to go. We have music. We have content, all this stuff ready to go. Um, sign us. You know, like, would you rather sign a band that's like ready to go right out of the gate, or someone that's like, yeah, we're about to go into the studio now? Like, um, or does I've, it really even matter? I've, I've, so I've done both. I really have. Like I said, I, I told you, I signed a band off of one music video. So at this point, I've done. <laughs> that's both. why I was kind of curious when you said that. I was like, oh <laughs> man, well. But again, I, and I'll admit, flat out though, that was probably one of the my favorite releases that we've ever put out and it still is. I still jam it. And like I said, they went from that in, you know, 2017-ish, I'm going to say, or 2018. Last year they did 3 million streams. So clearly there was something there. So like, you know what I mean? But, um, again, I've gone both ways. I, I it, it does make my life easier when an artist of any kind comes to me and they're like, hey, I got a music video, maybe another one in the works, so I don't need to, like, have everything. But I got Masters ready, a music video, here you go. 
can we work together? It does make my life easier because then I can pretty much just pull up my calendar if I enjoy the music and we can figure out a deal. Pull up my calendar, see what kind of dates I have and be like, okay, we can plug this in here, this in here, single number three or four or whatever here, album release here. Like I can pretty much set up a schedule virtually from the get-go without having to say, all right, let's do this. Let's sign and then sit on silence until... And, you know, and updates here and there until the music is ready. And then I can go back into my calendar and see what I have available. Because let's say I sign somebody in January where, you know, I'm open what I have available, let's say, June through December. And I sign them in January saying, yeah, if you guys give me, you know, masters, we have time to release between June and December. And I say that by the time we have masters, they deliver them in June. By the time I have the masters, maybe I'm booked until December. So I have to go back around a year or half a year, whatever, and start prepping for the year after for the music that I thought I'd have much, much sooner. So it's just easier to work with something that's pretty much ready or almost ready. Like, hey, here are all the demos. I'll have masters next Sunday. There you go. So that would help because then, you know, if I know I have them Sunday, I know I can start prepping for a release right off the bat, basically. While if I'm waiting for something, I have no idea when I'll receive it, therefore I have no idea when I can start booking or prepping or putting assets together. So it's pretty much up in the ether until I start getting something concrete, and then I can start planning. So it's easier, but I can work with both. I just, I I don't think it's supposed to be a secret, and if it is, I mean, oh well, too bad. But I, you know, the the band I was telling you about, the one I picked up off of a music video, yeah. um, I've known the vocalist for maybe four or five years now. And, you know, he, you know, we released the album and then they went to Long Branch and he left the band because he needed a break. I mean, he had a lot of stuff going on in his life, so he needed a break. And he got back in touch with me, I'm going to say, maybe towards the end of last year saying, hey, I'm going to do a solo project. And I enjoy working with you. I've enjoyed working with you every time so far. Let's do something together. And he's like, it's going to be a solo pop project. So I don't know if you're interested. I'm like, whatever you put your vocals to, I'm down. So we kind of started talking again over that. Um, and we've, we've become pretty decent friends at this point. And now he's working on a side project. Because his solo thing is still going to happen. He's waiting on his producer for a couple of things. But he still wants to do something in the metal alternative scene. So he's got a friend. They met online. They started working together. You know, one thing leads to another. They now are working on a four-track CP. And, you know, it's the first time that he's going to put his vocals on something since he left the band in 2018. You know, they put out the album. They did a tour for to support the album, and then he left. So he very much left, like, at the apex of what their success was at the time, pretty much. Sure. And because... And, you know, so he missed out on a lot of stuff. He worked so hard to see it come to fruition, and he kind of missed out on all the feedback almost in a way. Um, and now he's coming back and some new stuff, and I heard a demo. And, again, granted I would bank almost anything on him, really, because I have before, and I'm about to do it again now. Um, but, you know, he came to me this time without a demo. He's just like, this is what it's going to sound like, and he gave me a description. And I was like, where do I sign? Like, I don't even care anymore. I know what you're going to do. It's going to be good. So I virtually don't even need to hear it. And then I finally got a couple demos in the past month, and they sound freaking great, and they're just demos. So they're like, 
they, you know, there's so much work to be done still. And both myself and one of the A&Rs have listened to it. And they're both, and he was like, so if you don't sign them, I will. I will start a company and I will sign them. So <laughs> sign them. And I was like, we're good. Like I already told them I'm gay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good music. You know what I mean? And he came to me just based enough of our prior history. And I was like, sure, give me a pen. I'll sign. Like, I don't even care at this point. So I'm known to make exceptions. I've signed off of demos. I've signed off of singles. I've signed off of previous albums and, you know, demos of the future album. I've, if, if I believe in it, I'm willing to go out of my way to find an outlet and find a way to release something. Be it, again, be it a music video with no social media, be it an EP. DMAT, Craig, came to me um, and they had the EP pretty much ready but no social media. And I was like, sure, this sounds great. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Fuck it. So, you know, you can comment me with whatever, really. If there's something I can listen to, because that's pretty much all I need, really. And if it's that good, if it catches my attention, be it a demo, be it a single, I'll work with it, really. Like it, And then it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt if you have, you know, if you're already established or you have, you know, you have social media, God forbid. Um, it helps. But it's not the determining factor. There's like a lot of factors at play between you not having social media or you having a lowest fuck social media following or, you know, like two streams a month and five monthly listeners. Like, you know what I mean? I I can still work with that because I work with people that didn't even have a Spotify account in the first place. So I can work with that, too. It doesn't hurt if you come at me and you tell me you have 20,000 listeners a month. But it also doesn't deter me if you have like two hundred. It's really good that you help develop bands. I think that um, <clears throat> I think I think that kind of one of the biggest problems is that bands don't know how to. I think a lot of bands, and much more at the smaller level, you kind of get to a point where maybe the ball's rolling a little bit, or you know you've got like a really good product, but you don't really know how to get it out there. You're not really. You know, you're not on social media as much as you should be. You know, I I think it's really, really cool when, because this happened to us, you know, we, we got hooked up with a manager that just kind of helped us, like, systemically change our whole, you know, how we present ourselves as a band. And I, I so that's really, really cool that, you know, when you take bands and you kind of help them develop like that, that's that's really rad. I know that, uh, speaking with Ghost, that you kind of did that for them uh, when they first signed on. So I always thought that was really rad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again... I'm not here to like be rich. So right. if you if you eliminate that out of the whole you know the whole equation, it's much easier to work with like bands that you think have what it takes but might not give you a return right away. Mm-hmm. Again, and I and this once I used dematerialized like we we picked them up when they had just started social media that had the EP basically. And nothing else really to their name and we we put out an EP and, you know, the fan base was the smallest fan base, but, you know, there was some reception here and there. And eventually, like, a single landed, like, you know, the new the, the new Blood playlist, which at the time was brand new, so it virtually meant nothing, so to speak. But, you know, it's, it's somewhere. It shows some recognition. And then a single got another playlist, and then now two out of two singles got on the new metal tracks, which for, for these guys that started out a year and a half ago, the way they were, I know the way they were, getting them to hear where two out of two singles get, you know, get playlisted and get a following and 
you know, their, their monthly listeners have been growing and the fans have been engaging with the page and sharing their shit. It's, it's, I've seen the growth that they've had and, and I love seeing how they went from literally, you know, the DAY to like now they look, they have, you know, professional promo shots and artwork and a logo and videos and everything. And I love that that's what we've been able to accomplish with them. And the reason we have is because I love the music and I didn't care about the money side of things. I'm like, at some point we'll make it back. So once you remove the, the money equation, if you're able to do it, because you, you might want to, but not be able to, then again, you also might not, might be able to, but not want to. Once that's out of the way, it makes it much easier to find something that you vibe with and work with it. Because had I stopped that, that, oh shit, these guys are not going to make me any money anytime soon, then right now I would not be working with them in the first place. But here we are, and again, it ain't huge, but it shows, it's they're like a testament to the fact that if you keep working and you keep grinding, they're like, for me right now, they're like the freaking poster child of going from nothing to now they're slowly starting to get recognition even over some other bands that I released music for that I thought would get recognition and haven't. So it goes to show that, like, if you keep working on it, you're bound to achieve something at some point. You just need, like, you know, you need you need some backing and you need the right mentality. But other than that, like, they did it, and I'm not taking credit for them. I, I like to believe I helped them at the end of the day. But, you know, all I had to do was just say, fine, I might not profit off of this anytime soon, but the music is great. Fucking do something with it. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you've kind of got a good head on your shoulders, and it sounds like you kind of got a good head on your shoulders. It sounds like you've got a really good head <laughs> on your shoulders. Uh, it, and it's, I mean, it sounds like you're really getting through, you know, this whole COVID crisis really well, too. I know everyone's struggling, but that's super awesome that you guys are doing really well. Um, I don't have too much else for you, man. I appreciate you talking to me today. <laughs> I'm finally, no, I'm sure. finally glad Absolutely. we were able to do this. I know we've kind of been uh, trying to figure I don't out. Know, back you know, and forth. Yeah. I I'm, know you're not the first person that tells me. Every time I, I've done like a couple of these like podcast slash interview things in the past couple, the past year or so. And every time somebody opens or ends with, yeah, I'm glad we could do this, man. I've known you for a while. Like, God damn it. I got to get better at this. I really got to get better at this. Like it's, it seems to be either the opening sentence or the ending sentence. <laughs> I, I did this interview for and sure. it was like, man, we finally did this i'm like oh fuck you too man come on <laughs> like, go so fuck yourself shut I the know. hell up <laughs> <laughs> so i man i need to get better at this i need to start I you're need to good start you're busy you, you got a, you got a busy life you got your hands full man um yeah basically but hell yeah dude uh i appreciate it and uh i know you guys got a lot of stuff coming up so best of luck dude Appreciate it. Thank you. And I know, and for you guys too, congratulations on the release. I, again, oh, I've, I've seen that. I don't know who, this is just, this is just me. So feel free to cut it out if you want or whatever. Whoever's running your ads on, you know, on socials, I must have seen it like three or four times. So whoever you're pitching to, check the frequency because you might be pitching like and spending money on showing the same ad to the same people three or four times. You can you can optimize. I don't know if if you get what I'm trying to say. Oh no, like, no no I totally do. I, I totally you know get what I mean. Like if you're putting down fifty bucks and it delivers, but like out of those fifty bucks, you show the same ad to the same people five times. You know what I mean? You could optimize it. Mm -hmm. So you might you guys might want to swap swap the frequency because I keep running into it and I like it, so I don't care. But it's your money, so you guys might want to for sure you know, tweak tweak uh, we, that a bit. We try and do it like every. Um, we try and do. 
uh, each post that gets sponsored or boosted, we try and do like a different kind of audience so that it's not um, kind of doing what you're saying. But like mm-hmm. the whole th- Facebook can be really tricky with that kind of stuff. So it, you because know. some audiences cross pollinate, right? So right. like it's, it's, if it's, you show like if you feel showing to like people who interacted with the page and friends of people who like the page. Um, I've interacted with your page, but I'm also friends with Craig and Craig's a fan of the page. So there I go. Mm-hmm, right. You know what I mean? Yep. So you just gotta, yeah, you just gotta get creative. So just, just putting it out there. It's literally of no relevance, but figure out what I have yet. <laughs> no, right on, man. I appreciate it. Um, well, thank you very much. And, uh, I will talk to you very soon. Bye.